For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The memo has been released. The memo has been released. Don't get too excited, folks. It's all smoke and mirrors. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saturday afternoons, 3 to 6 normally, 3 to 5.30 today because UGA basketball uh, tips off at 6. Pre-game show is at 5.30. So, uh, and I try to address what's the biggest news of the week. And uh, I feel like as far as... Mm, I thought the State of the Union address was going to be kind of the big news, and I can and did go through it line by line and uh, kind of thought about what I was, what implications I think it has, what signaling effect it had. Um, I noticed that there were 11 separate personal anecdotes complete with people, names, situations. I always... I am suspicious of that kind of thing. I feel like it's designed to evoke emotional support for policies instead of uh, critical analysis. So I don't like that. Uh, So so and but people do like to know what I think about these things, because it's not always what you expect. Usually I come at it from an angle that you didn't uh, certainly didn't hear anywhere else. So I'm happy if anybody wants to bring up uh, State of the Union line items that you want me to react to, I'm happy to do that. 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And I did not want to talk about the memo. The memo. The memo. So this is David Nunez, the congressman, gave a memo, wrote a memo to the White House on January 18th about how Carter Page, who was on Trump's campaign, was uh, spied upon by getting warrants at the FISA court that they felt were politically motivated. So this memo also is full of names and intrigue, and I think it is also designed to evoke emotionalism. And I really didn't want to talk about it because this kind of stuff, when when something like that focuses on process and like the private server of Hillary, If you understand what I'm trying to say, it focuses on the process. Is it a big deal to do it one way or another? Are are warrant applications, which is what this was about, supposed to be one-sided? I feel like when the police go to a judge to get a warrant, they don't lay out all the facts of the case on both sides and try to get the right answer from the judge. They advocate for their position, which is we have probable cause that we're going to find something by a warrant. But this is, I, I don't even know it, and I'm a lawyer. <laughs> you know, I, I just never practiced criminal law or any law, but I'm a member of the Bar of New York. I went to Stanford Law School. Like, I should know this stuff, but I don't really. And when you look at this, you can, if you believe who's telling you about it, the Republicans or Fox versus CNN or the Democrats, and there is a Democrat memo that kind of counterbalances this, and I'm sure it's going to do exactly what what I anticipate, which is, 
what I coined as the art of ambiguity. It's going to be easy for people to take a partisan position in how they interpret whether this is egregious or not. And, of course, it's outrageous to target uh, people for wiretapping who, or whatever the modern equivalent of that is, who aren't really, uh, uh, there isn't real probable cause that they committed a crime. But for me, this is really a distraction. This was given to the White House on January 18th. On January 19th, Trump signed a FISA extension and really expansion in the Section 702 anyway, which is the troublesome section. It was opposed by a bipartisan group of lawmakers who wanted to insert an amendment called the USA Rights Act uh, that would protect us from the most egregious elements of this FISA law, which is that uh, millions of Americans' data can be swept up without warrants in the course of this foreign intelligence surveillance. And then after that happens, without a warrant in many, many, many cases, the government can go back and search that data. So it collects your data and then searches it all without a warrant, clearly in violation of the Fourth Amendment. There's just no question about it. And as a matter of fact... The remedy, this USA Rights Act, I think, goes further than the Fourth Amendment also. It's not even good enough for me, but it was defeated anyway. So so you look at this memo and and you see all this dispute about was the process followed when for the rest of us, there isn't even a process. There's no requirement for the warrants. And and what I think this the memo serves is, first of all, we're going to think that we've talked about FISA, that we're vetting it, that there are two sides to the issue. Um, but what else is going on with this memo, in my opinion, is it makes it look like there are factions in government fighting tooth and nail against the other side, that the parties are truly aligned with the voters in that, like, for example, in this memo, it said Christopher Steele, sounds like a fake name to me, but the spy who provided the dossier was clearly motivated because he was distraught and and desperate to keep Trump from being president. I mean, that kind of talk is so emotional. It just seems ridiculous to me. It doesn't seem real. But what the memo makes you feel like is Look, no matter how screwed up the government is, there are competing factions that are pushing against each other. And and as with competition in business, it, it keeps you know, a, a business that has competition in an industry is going to be smaller than a business that is a monopoly that can just dominate everything. So you feel even if the system is screwed up, you feel like there's they're they're out there fighting this good fight, more or less. And how out of control can government get if the other side is always going to be pushing back on that party or another? I actually don't. I think that's the scam. I think this this two party system doesn't really work that way and that we are led to believe that there are two sides. But in reality, these guys are acting like they're fighting about this process. But in reality, they all got together, Congress, Senate. Democrats, Republicans, the White House all got together and pushed through this FISA expansion at the expense of our rights. And I feel like no matter what party is running the House or running the Senate or running the White House, we always get three things. More debt, unjust wars, and an erosion of our rights, of our constitutional rights. All three of those things happen every single time. So when people ask me what, you know, what I think about the memo... I feel like 
I feel like it's like a board game where you have to read all the rules and like risk. Remember risk? Read all the rules and then you can figure out what's going on. That's really engaging. But someone who's just walking by is like, that's a total bubble. I don't care about that. I got dinner to make. You know, I feel like when you look at this stuff, you have to really get into the minutia, figure it out to be engaged. But it's a distraction because no matter how this gets resolved, we're not lowering the debt, getting out of the unjust wars or getting our rights back. As a matter of fact, it's a distraction so that all those other things can continue without challenge. And that's what's happening here. It's too late. Well, it's not too late to get the USA Rights Act passed, but this FISA extension has been delivered, signed, packaged, it's over. We can talk about this all we want, but if Trump had read this memo or anybody in the White House had read this memo on January 18th, maybe they shouldn't have signed a FISA expansion on January 19th if they felt that the court was uh, dysfunctional. You know what I'm saying? But we didn't have that discussion. That didn't dominate the 24-7 news cycle. Real policy in this democratic republic where we should care about the real policies and less about these emotional rivalries. So that's where I come out on the memo. And uh, and I'm guessing that you know a lot of people feel like it's not it's not right to brush aside the significance of it. And I'm happy to... Have that conversation, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, also interested in what the tweets have to say, at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, my uh, trusty producer, has some tweets. How are you doing, Binkley? I'm great. How are you? Great. What do you think? Do you, do you have a strong opinion about the memo? Do you think I'm off base, on base? What do you think? Well, the timing of it is definitely kind of suspicious. I, I think it does... I think it's relevant to show that the Russian investigation is bogus, but I thought that anyway. I thought that also, and that dossier seems ridiculous, both because the name, as you pointed out, Christopher Steele is such a funny, like, made-up sounding name. Yeah. Carter Page was a member of the CFR. He was Naval Intelligence. He actually engaged, he was worked for Naval Intelligence in a UN peacekeeping operation. I mean, that guy is deep state. So the, the subject of this probe... Deep state? Real deep state, not Obama <laughs> holdover deep state, like killed JFK deep state. You know, I'm not saying he killed him. I'm just saying the deep state is is uh, above and beyond Obama. Yeah. But they want to kind of neutralize that expression deep state by making it look like you can package up all the things that are wrong with, you know, that, that Trump is actually fighting the deep state. Whereas Trump is a guy whose uncle captured Nikola Tesla's information on behalf of military industrial of the military intelligence. I mean, this if there is any deep state suppressing Tesla's research is as deep state as you get. And that's a Trump family project. So the deep state is not Trump versus Obama holdovers. That is not like Trump versus the deep state. They're all the deep state, which is why this infighting doesn't really shake me up. But we got to go to a break soon. So tell me, give me a tweet. We have a tweet from Alpha 6 Insider who tweets, The court will get lots of scrutiny now, but this will bring light to the stomped on Fourth Amendment. I think it might bring light on it, but in the way that Snowden brought light to the USA Patriot Act. And as I predicted within two weeks of his huge splash onto the scene that that what he objected to in the USA Patriot Act would not only not go away, it would be legitimized and codified. And that is what happened with FISA. The stuff we didn't like just was codified and legitimized and institutionalized for six 
years more. And the USA Freedom Act was uh, did that for the stuff Snowden object to. So I feel like this stuff is there to soften you up. Um, I think it's smoke and mirrors. I think it's a uh, it's a misdirection in the classic kind of sense of magic. So let's, oh, but you have some great clips for us. We're getting to those at the bottom of the hour. I love your stuff on the Women's March on Indivisible, so stay tuned for that. I'm happy to talk about any of this stuff, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. You maniac! You blow it up! On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. We are back, 46 and sunny outside the studio. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I am going to go to Phil in Cleveland, Georgia. Hey, Phil, you're on with Monica. Hey, it's Phil, Monica. Thanks for taking my call. I just have a quick question. I uh, am not hearing anybody talking about a group called the Organization for Action. And I... I'd like to know more about that, and I'd like to know what your take is on it. Binkley, you, that's, a, that's an Obama thing, right? Tell me, well, tell me what you got on that. I don't know about it, but Binkley follows this. Uh, well, there was, a, there was a link on the Internet to it, and I read what I could find on it, and it, um, it may tie to the deep state. I don't know. It doesn't refer to it as that, of course, but it uh it claims to be 30,000 followers strong and have 40 million dollars in the bank um and its sole purpose is to further obama's agenda which is what well I, it depends on your point of view climate uh, change lgbt issues hey demarco i can hardly hear this call i'm just not sure i'm curious about it yeah, uh, I here's the thing. I want to separate out two concepts first. One is that um, you know the deep the deep state is a state that operates outside the law, and it's definitely above and behind beyond parties. And I think there is a deep state, but I don't think I think Obama is as much of a puppet as the deep of the deep state as his father who was the liaison, or his stepfather, who was the liaison between Union Oil and the post-coup government of Indonesia. I mean, and his mother, who worked for Tim Geithner's father at the Ford Foundation. I mean, that's the deep state. It's not people who are loyal to President Obama. But, but to the extent that he and his organizations have an agenda, that too, I think, rises way above. I don't even think, I even think at this point, George Soros is a is like a face job is a guy who's there to um to project a certain in on in our view kind of demonic image but binkley you this is what i was just talking about clips i want to hear from you we're gonna hear them at the bottom of the hour these are i think this stuff is in line with something like what phil's talking about this uh organization for action from Obama, what they want to do. I've talked about it as flip the South, flip the flyovers, turning red states blue. I've seen that. I think the Ossoff election was the first one where um, they really wanted to take hardcore Republican strongholds and flip them. I mean, getting rid of Jeff Sessions and getting rid of actually 
Price, like both of those guys were hardcore red districts. And I feel like it was a little, I, I don't I don't know if Trump was playing along with this, but for them, for the Democrats to target and actually win one of those and come close and the other for flipping is very significant to me. And, uh, and Binkley, you were saying that it's going to continue this year and you've got some really telling clips. What are the clips from? They're from a Women's March training session. They do these weekly training sessions where they teach people activists and agitation techniques, basically. Right. Okay. So so they talk about the Women's March as if it's for women's rights, but really it's all in service of the same thing, and this Obama thing is probably the same. It's to flip these uh, districts, states, whatever, to Democrat, and not just Democrat, hard, hard left progressive. Bernie Sanders isn't enough for these people, probably. So, but the clips are really shocking. So hang on for those 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB, Saturday afternoons, 3 to 6 usually, 3 to 5.30 today. Uh, I, we, we were talking about the memo, and I know people are up in arms about it, but I'm up in arms about FISA Section 702. And I just wish there were 24-7 news coverage of the pros and cons of Section 702 and the USA Rights Act that could have curtailed it but there isn't there's just who's who's spying on carter page does trump like whatever the salacious that's another thing that stormy me. daniels well stormy daniels is this but it folds in with the prostitute story that the alleged christopher Steele wrote yeah. about in the dossier that is creating all these problems. You know what I mean? It's a soap opera. I feel like I'm watching Dallas, you know, D.C., the soap opera, while real changes are being made to our rights. And I would like to talk a little bit, uh, if we get to it eventually, about how institutions like the World Economic Forum, which sponsors Davos, actually has white papers on how to work with business and government to control policy i mean that that guy's german the guy who runs that klaus schwab or whatever is german it's a foreign entity intentionally setting up shop here uh in order to influence our policy influence and normalize and regularize world policy i mean this is what's happening while we're reading memos that say christopher Steele hates trump desperately and FBI agents. I mean, I know it sounds like I'm I'm taking this stuff lightly, but it's it should be relative to actual permanent changes in our foundational law. This stuff is not that important. Um, Binkley, how about a uh, tweet at Monica Perez show if you want to tweet at me? All right. We got one from Dean who tweets. That's why it's strange that more people aren't against the mass storage of data only stored so the government can use it later. Yes, that is absolutely true. So this is the problem with FISA 702. It sweeps up a lot, a lot of the electronic communications of millions of Americans who are kind of caught up in a dragnet in some tangential way related to 
somebody being surveilled from on the foreign intelligence from the foreign intelligence court. It can even be something called about. So if you and I, Binkley and I, who are American citizens, tweet uh, tweeted to each other or whatever, emailed each other about Putin, he's a person of interest in this investigation. All of our electronic communications could then be swept up because we would then have engaged, you know, have referred to a person of interest. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And and the reason it's super bad is that they can go back into all the stuff they've swept up on us and search for something they want to find. So a guy named Nacho ran Quest, uh, a communications company, and the Bush administration wanted to implement wireless warrantless wiretaps he said no shortly thereafter he was arrested for insider trading and he spent four years in jail and he tried to defend himself by saying they're just doing this to me because i said no to their warrantless wiretaps and the judge would not allow him to bring that defense because it was a national security question so when they can sweep up all your stuff they can build cases against you using details of your life that gives them terrible power and so the question is do you own your information or does the government own it and then gets to access it if you do something wrong? I don't think they get to take that unless they have a reason to take it. But we're we're switching now. We're flipping the, the standard here where they own everything. It's like the money and the roads and private property. They own it all. It's like when people say tax cuts are um, subsidies from the government. You know what I mean? It's not their money. It's not their information. They can't just take it. Uh, and they're there and it gives them the ability to use anything they can find on you to suppress you politically. Another guy, the guy who blew the whistle on the second underwear bomber, who was a military intelligence asset of the British. This guy had been involved in other kind of false flag operations that the FBI was a part of that killed people. And I think he blew the whistle because he didn't want anybody else getting hurt. So they arrested him on kitty porn. You know, and then they got him to confess to the whistleblowing based on all this stuff they said they found on his computer. But this was an FBI guy and the FBI is knee deep in kitty porn. You're right. I mean, haven't you heard that? Bingley? Didn't we read that? I, I think they're one of the biggest. They have one of the biggest websites or something like that. Yeah, because they want to entrap people. And if Pete Townsend can say he was engaged in uh, he said he was engaged in um, investigating it or whatever, which is why it was all over his computer. Why not this FBI guy? <laughs> I'm just saying they use it for political oppression. They use it directly to interfere with our rights, and our rights are there to allow us to push back on government. So maybe I'm not being totally clear, but but you can't. There These foundational principles are brilliant, and they were made in the wake of a revolution against a tyrannical government. So the world has not changed. We, you know, you're entitled to your privacy. It's not that hard. Read the Fourth Amendment. It's totally applicable to today's world. I'm going to Chris in Smyrna. Chris, you're on with Monica. Hey, first off, I'd like to say hashtag not my groundhog. Um, (laughs) You want winter to end? (laughs) Other other than that, uh, this memo... I think it's disgusting. I I do uh, believe that if you are Republican, FBI, DOJ, Democrat, FBI, DOJ, you get busted doing some crap like that. Um, I think you should be taken out in handcuffs. What are you? What is what um, makes you the most upset about it? 
Well, um, I, there was one congressman, I believe I saw last night, who suggested, or I could have heard it on the radio, that it needs to be like a, a grand jury before you go in front of these FISA judges. But I feel like the FISA court, didn't we establish them as basically rubber stamps years ago? That The first yeah. outrage over the FISA court was that they never say no to a warrant. Correct. Well, the Democrats act like it was the total opposite when they wanted it. So that's what I don't understand. You know, we, uh, like we had to have this information. Um, and and then that's what they ran with. So if McCabe said we we had this at this dossier and, and we weren't going to get the thing without it, then, you know, then now again, that was behind closed doors. But you have other people saying, OK, we'll release that, you know. So, you know, who knows? But as far as government officials, I mean, not government officials, but FBI and DOJ, um, if if you're going to do something as far as spying on the Carter Page guy, which they want to bring up 2013, so Tucker was on last night asking them, so what are you saying about Carter Page? You know, what what was that that FISA court? you know, uh, I mean, judge subjected to when they got that warrant. So, yeah, I'm I'm it's really just scary. I mean, this is the stuff, though, that makes me think this is uh, it's like a theatrical production because Carter Page to me is I think he's a he's a CIA operative based on his CFR Council on Foreign Relations background, his naval intelligence background his United Nations background, the fact that he was the only guy in the so-called investment bank that he ran, like the only person in the office, that 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 was a front. I mean, he seems like an actor. And the McCabe story this week was that McCabe was ousted, fired, resigned, pushed out, blah, blah, blah. He stepped down basically when anybody on earth would step down his retirement date minus his accrued vacation days. I mean, that's what he did. And the only thing that it does is keep him which I don't even, I find this hard to believe, but I heard it reported, that it then, the only thing it really does is it makes it harder to call him. So Trump wouldn't push him out, you know, so that that's another story that just seems totally created for the dramatic effect, like a sideline on a TV show. Uh, and yes, if we lived in a world where process and and laws and rules and the constitution the bill of rights and all this stuff had a lot of integrity we should freak out when things like this happen we should be like hey man that's not how it's done let's get in line it shouldn't be partisan it should be you should be irate when things are screwy but the fact that they even need a warrant is unusual in this case, because for us ordinary citizens, they don't even need a warrant for this kind of thing. They can sweep this stuff up. The fact that he talked to foreigners at all would have made probably all his his electronic communications were already in the database. You know, so I feel like this is there to make us feel like we're vetting it, make it feel like we're uh, scrutinizing the way the process works. But my guess is it'll end up making the process even more of a rubber stamp because that's how this stuff, you know, works. So thank you very much for the call, Chris. It's uh, I want to get to your um, clips, Binkley, but I want to take one more call. And uh, and I also 
Here, let me just go to Alan, and we'll take a break. Alan and Marietta, you're on with Monica. Hi there. Do you think we would be hearing any of this if Hillary Clinton had been elected? What do you mean? I mean, the Russia probe, the investigations, I mean, everything that started from... Well, I think that the Republicans would be doing it. I think that they would be scrutinizing how many illegal immigrants voted. I think they'd be talking about how we have to have federal um, regulations on voting. I feel like there has been a consistent requirement for presidents from George W. Bush to Obama. Hillary would have had the problem. Cruz would have had the problem. Trump, where legitimacy is what keeps us divided after the election. It allows us to not accept the outcome. And it keeps us divided. Hillary would have had illegal immigrants as a legitimacy issue. Cruz would have had the Canadian citizenship. Trump is the weakest one because this Russia stuff seems completely made up. But, yeah, you wouldn't be hearing about it. You'd be hearing about something else. Say that again, Alan. What about all the leaks and everything also? Well, the leaks were a big thing under Obama because also they had um, Operation or Project Insider Threat and... But uh, Trump talks about it from the beginning. I think every administration is going to try their best to reduce transparency. And they act like it's for our own good. We shouldn't be wiretapping government agents. It's like, yeah, go ahead, wiretap the government agents. They work for us. You work at Citibank. You use a Citibank email account. Citibank reads all your emails. It's my stuff that supposedly goes through private, you know, Yahoo or whatever. They shouldn't be reading, but they do. And that's the stuff that I think needs to be the focus. I don't care. I really do not care. I, they, all their stuff should be public. They shouldn't have closed-door meetings unless you're, like, in a serious, some other country's invading us kind of war. Why? You know, why do they even have so much power that every little thing they say can can change the world that we live in? Um, you know, that's the construct they're putting in our minds. I don't like it. Uh Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On News ninety five five and AM seven fifty WSB. In the general election, what we're going to do is we're calling it a collective vote. Mm-hmm. Put your politics to the side. Put your little feelings to the side. Vote for black people, vote for undocumented people, vote for incarcerated people, vote for Muslims, vote for refugees, vote for immigrants. I don't care about you like this one, you don't like that one. In November, you gotta do the right thing and you gotta join us at the Women's March and all of our allies who are here today for a collective vote that we should have took back in 2016 mm-hmm. so we would find ourselves in this mess. Mm-hmm. So that's where we go in as a Women's March. Collective vote. So, well, first of all, let me tell you that the high today is Forecast to be 49 and the low overnight 37. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Uh, that was brought to you by uh, my producer Binkley, who keeps up. So we don't have to. He keeps up on what they're up to. That was the Women's March. So the Women's March is not about equal pay. It's about identity politics for the sake of identity politics. Don't pay attention to their that's what that chick said don't pay attention to the policies or if you like the person or anything like that vote based on identity now binkley who was that what was what was i listening to there that was a women's march training session so the women's march was just january 20th mm-hmm. happened to be like on the same day as the rover v wade march in dc yeah right? and the and, 21st and, 
Oh, okay. And like Lenin's birthday or something? Yeah, it's Lenin's birthday. That's a communist <laughs> holiday. So, and this is what I think they call cultural Marxism. When, when they couldn't get the lower classes to rebel against the upper classes, they said, well, we need to be able to get anybody to rebel regardless of their class. So let's just make it identity, something you can't erase, you can't get over, just make a divisiveness that can't be overcome. Uh, divisiveness is really the key to to all of these um, you know, power grabs at the top because it keeps us people uh, from understanding that these these divisions aren't really important. What's important is that we have these rights to have liberty and freedom and self-defense and all that kind of stuff. So they distract us from that. But so this was the Women's March, like January 20th, whatever this, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And she's talking about the 2018 elections, right? Yes. And that's a co-founder of the Women's March movement. That's and, Linda Sarsour. But, but this is something you saw online. They're online training videos, right? And who are they sponsored by? George Soros, essentially. Oh, really? Just straight up Soros. Yeah. He he really does. He is the face of the opposition, don't you think? I think so. He's come out a little more over the past few years. I feel like it's just like McCabe, the FBI guy, is like retiring in a in a blaze, you know, going up in flames instead of a blaze of glory. It's like going up in flames. Same thing like Roger Ailes. Goes up in flames, gets a millions of dollars, and then dies. Like, I think he stepped down because he was dying, you know? And they were just like, uh, and sexual harassment. I, <laughs> I feel like, so George Soros is like, whatever, 150 maybe At years least. old? I don't know. If, if John, if, if Rockefeller, David Rockefeller could die, Soros can die, you know? So Rockefeller died recently. I guess it's time for Soros. And I feel like I invented a word. It's kind of like scapegoat from the Bible the biblical meaning more than the modern meaning grease trap or, or it's like when they put all the bad assets in one division of a company and then they spin it off i feel like like obama deep state is now obama holdover so that when they clean it out there'll be no more deep state you know and like yeah. george soros this this globalist movement it's it's always george soros so when he dies yay you know the witch is dead but it's bigger than that it's it's intergenerational it's not it's not going away with any one person yeah, they're also going to upload his mind to some robot somewhere. Oh, yes. I do believe David Rockefeller did say he was going to be uploaded into whatever, the great computer in the sky, just to come <laughs> back. And isn't Walt Disney frozen? Maybe he'll come back. But this, this, they, we have some more clips of this. This, they're talking about, and I've identified this with the Ossoff thing, flipping the South, flipping the flyovers. This, this is about, and it's, you know, you can think Trump, is su there is really a super, super deep state and Trump is a part of it that his bombastic approach is the exact trigger these guys needed to swing the pendulum further to the left, further to globalism than you ever would have otherwise gotten. I don't know, but I think that might be what's happening. Let's hear more of that. I definitely want to hear from Larry. Hang on. He's going to say what the true and the false in what's released to the public like this memo. I'm very interested in what Larry has to say. Or you, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.